Welcome back, everybody. This is your boy, Wesley Dunham, the Armadillo Wrangler. This is the Man Up Podcast. We appreciate y'all being with us today. Across from me, I got Jake, the Mississippi Superman Reeves. Yes, sir. And right here to my right, I got Mr. Ports Talk himself, Alan Aldridge. Rate, review, listen, subscribe to the Man Up Podcast and Ports Talk. That's it. 101. And I want to congratulate all Before we get into that, Man Uppers. Go ahead. Mills Home Center. That's it. I was fixing to say it. And we're brought to you today by Mills Home Center. Whoop, whoop. They have the deals, the thrills, that'll give you chills. Save that all it? them dollar bills. That works, yeah. I was trying Just to run it. I don't know how Tyler says it, but. Yeah, yeah it, it, it was. Wait, well, see, uh, Sean came up with the, they got the deals and the thrills. Tyler said, and the prices that get you, give you chills. Uh, and then okay. I added the, and save all the dollar bills save or dollar whatever. Bills. Okay. So, yeah. Get, get off on it. I wanted to uh, just congratulate you boys. Jake, Mo, Wes, Tyler, you're not here. Charting on Chartable is the Man Up Podcast. Top 100. <laughs> All you the said time. that the other day. I didn't know how to read All that. All the time in South Africa. And get this. When you think American comedy, think of all the, the, the names before us. Bobby Lee, Burt Kreischer, Joe Rogan. Mm. Go down the list. And we're confidently sitting anywhere from the 150 to 200 range. So how did, We're whooping some that ass. Number, that red number That's with awesome. the red arrow, how do you read that? Is, is that, so that, that means that we're red, trending. That, that red number means like from we last down. week. We're down six spots. We down six spots. See, when I saw it as red, I was like, "Damn, that's probably not good." But no, if you look, the facts were on the list at all. Yeah, it's, okay, just good. Just, yeah. just yeah. to be named to be to be in the top two. Which you got? Well, all right, so one thing you got to remember about podcasts is how competitive the space is right now, mm-hmm. because we're in an era of the podcast. We're in a we're in the era of like if you go to L.A., everybody's got a podcast. Oh yeah, everybody's doing podcasts. You go to New York, everybody's doing a podcast. All the big names have a podcast. Anybody who's anybody has a podcast. Um, I mean, if you if you are a celebrity mm-hmm. right now, you have, you have a podcast, or you're stupid. You should have a podcast. You should be building that personal brand and 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 kind of sidestepping your label, your you know the the big corporation. Because the thing about like a podcast is it's something you own. It's like an email list in marketing. You know, when you think about marketing, one of the most valuable things in marketing is your email list because you own it. You don't own anything else. You don't own your Facebook page. Mm-hmm. You don't own your Instagram. You don't own your YouTube page. YouTube owns it. Facebook owns it. Instagram owns it. But your email list, you own. Yeah. The thing about a podcast is the same thing. It's a brand that you own. And so everybody has one. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we just some good old boys from down here in Mississippi, boy, mm-hmm. just and we just it. on here cutting up and talking shit and drinking Mike's Hard Lemonade. And just trying to spit some truth at the same time. And the fact that we are in the genre that we're in, in the top 100 or 200, depending on what country you're looking at. In, in the United States, we're like in the top 200, right? And, and you're practically a new show. Yeah. Like, I mean, compared and, to a lot and, of the and, other ones. And not to mention, like, you think Joe Rogan or any of these other Joey Diaz. Mm-hmm. The moment they do anything, think about how many people are going to flock to that. Right. And yeah. just out of nowhere. We started from nothing. This this guy who owns Relentless MMA in Columbus. How many people even knew where Columbus was? Right. Who yeah. knew what Relentless was? Who knows? Who and, knew and the thing what is? Jake, who knew Wes? Right. Who in, knew Tyler? Who in knew the beginning? Mo, you know? In the beginning, our my little local fan base followed, but they didn't stay. 
what I mean, we had hard our, to be a prophet in your own town, right? Yeah. What our viewers are from people not from here. Our view, like nobody around here knows me from this. Like it's it's crazy. They all know me from the gym. They all see me. I'm the relentless guy. It's so funny. Like, on but TikTok when I leave, I when I leave here, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. I go to jujitsu tournaments. I go to MMA fights in other cities and stuff. And people stop me constantly. Well, it's like oh, I was saying oh the other day, I had a, a friend of mine I was in the Marine Corps with lives in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And he's like, man, you're coming across my feeds now. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. We, I mean, we really have, we've kind of become this overnight. I'm not going to say overnight because it, I mean, we put a lot of work into this mm-hmm. in the front end. I don't put a lot of work in it now, if I'm being honest. Now I'm purposefully not putting work into it. Mo puts the most work into it, if I'm being honest. If we're talking about the most actual work being done, which to be fair, if we were to flip positions, Mo might find this work doing what we're doing. I don't mm-hmm. Mo's not really like an on camera, on video kind of guy. For me, this isn't work. I was, I was messing with Mo before everybody got here, and I was like, you got to get your mic set up, boy. I, I was thinking we'd get a camera. He's got a mic over there. Oh, I know. Yeah. And he was like, to be honest with you, I got so much to do. I've got enough. I've got enough problems with this. I don't. Yeah. I don't need that. Yeah. And I feel that too. Of yeah. course, he, he also just like it. I think with, with porch <laughs> talk is like whenever I, I set a camera up and it's just one angle. It's not doing three like this. Yeah. Uh, I'm constantly looking at the camera, mm-hmm. and then I'm checking audio levels, and I'm also trying to host a podcast. I personally it's can't too do it. Too much, bro. I personally can't do it. I can the only TV focus can on mess one thing. That's why it's off right yeah, now. Yeah, there's some TV can mess yeah. you up looking at it. When we do pre-recorded episodes, mm-hmm. I like to turn the TV off. If I don't have chats coming in, sometimes I like it being on so I can see my posture and make sure that I'm not looking dumpy. Yeah. But for the most part, I like for it to not be there. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, man, I, and, and Wednesdays we always go into like our content creation process and we kind of go into what we do. But if I'm being honest. Um, I worked really, really hard on the front end, but over the last several months, honestly, since before we took off, I've kind of taken, I'm not, I'm trying not to focus on it. I'm trying to take the opposite approach. I'm trying to just create content forever at a pace I can do forever. Mm -hmm. So I'm not trying to grind out and do a whole lot at once. I'm not Mm -hmm. trying to, I'm trying to just be at a pace that I can continue from now until I'm dead. That's crazy. Cause like, I mean, look at, look at the people like Mr. Beast, right? To where he's like curing deafness or blindness, right? And uh, people were like, F that guy, Mm. you know, but like when you have went as far and as high with content as he's gone, What's left for him? Yeah. So, I mean, maybe it is wise to kind of take your time and let it build, yeah. right? Well, with what the type of content that we're doing, unlike Mr. Beast, Mr. Beast is a content creator, and we're really not. We are, but we're not. What we're documenting a conversation mm-hmm. is all we're doing. I don't know. You, you do, we say you so do wide some, too. You do some of the like the in the gym moments mm-hmm. or like less a little I'm out doing, of town. I've actually I've actually gotten away from that. I don't do any of that anymore. I've, I've completely gotten away from that. And when I was doing it, it was still documented. It was still I was not creating any of that content. None of none nothing we post is scripted. Nothing we post is um, like. We're gonna. Co- I'm gonna get on there and I'm gonna create this short. I mean, I've done some some little stuff where I'm like, All right, I want to say this on there, yada yada yada. But it usually doesn't go well when I do. It doesn't seem natural. Um, Mr. Beast, on the other hand, he has figured out the algorithm to repeat a great video that's gonna get a certain amount of views and likes and shares and whatever every single time, and he's repeating that process on a bigger and bigger scale as he goes up. 
And me, on the other hand, I am literally just building a brand based on documented content, sort of the Gary V model of like very little friction. I'm not, I don't necessarily need to be the next Mr. Beast. I'm not necessarily trying to have a hundred million subscribers. Mm. I, I mean, for me, that 1 million mark, it would well, be I think great. I said it with uh, Lee Carl, right? Like you, you kind of laid out the, the, the reason for what you do. You already make money. Yeah, right. We already make money. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, we're just kind of hee-hawing and having a little fun. If it leads yeah. to that, great. Right. That's what I'm doing. Now, if yeah. if I could get to where <laughs> – see, if the podcast started making, let's say, um, $250,000 a year, mm. that would not change my life mm -hmm. at all. The first things that I would do is I would probably put us in a studio. I probably – I actually am probably going to do that anyway um, soon. So heads up, uh, I would, you know, soundproof it. I mean, honestly, most of the equipment we have, I, I'd get a little nicer equipment on a few things, but honestly, most of the equipment we have is already, it's good stuff, pretty good yeah. stuff. You know, yeah. um, if I was making about $250,000 a year, I'd let my, like y'all quit your jobs, you know, it wouldn't change my life at all. More you know, like if, like if y'all came on board and it like, it, it, it allowed us for you guys to be able to help make content full, like, and we would do we would do our episodes through the week. That's the two things that would change. Mm -hmm. We do episodes through the week instead on the weekends, and not, instead of just on the weekends anyway. Mm -hmm. And um, but as far as my day to day, I would do pretty much things the same. Other than I would create more content. I would I would do more episodes. We'd have like maybe a fan, uh, a, a paid. That would be so yeah. crazy, you know, that like would, a would, Patreon or something. We get to that point, and let's just say that to where like we're all not working our daytime jobs. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, granted, like, since I've taken fourth chair and I'm appreciative of you allowing me to do that, it's, like, one thing that I try to do is, like, bring articles and videos mm, to y'all. Yeah. Like, Which is the value you bring to the group. Stir the conversation, yeah. like, things that we could do. It's, like, dude, if I could just do that. Yeah, that was, like, the, your job. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that would be a – Mo would get a big raise, you know. I mean, I mean look, at, look at Mo and, like, you can track the trajectory of, like, everyone on this show mm -hmm. when they learn – their role, right? How much better everyone gets. Yeah, you know, I think that'd be cool, like you're saying, to, to get to that point. But you don't. I don't think you'd want it to become work. You know, right? I mean? it's you, hard. Want, you want it. To, you want to keep that algorithm that you got. That's what, and that's the problem right there. That's what happens when you start quitting your job and doing things. When it crosses when, that line, when work. you quit your job and now your brain. And this is the hard thing because I learned this with jujitsu. I learned this with, it, with doing this. Was when you quit your job and do something, it changes it. Like once now this is it what you're getting paid work? to do, it becomes work. And you almost kind of start to resent it. You kind of start oh. to look at it like, like, well, damn, now I've got to do this thing. Yeah, Dude, I was having that. Uh, I just got this, uh, like, field recorder, right? Why are you whispering? It's, it's, it's a Zoom. Is it because the speaker's on? <laughs> I guess. Yeah. It feels like I'm loud. But I got this Zoom H5 recorder. Uh, a friend of mine, he was getting off of it. I got a deal. And he was, why are you so interested in it? I am so tired of loading my backpack, backpack up with my computer, my interface, all the cables. Then you get the mics. And then I have the mic stands. And the difference between us and Porch Talk is I'm on location. Like right. I have you to move. I, I drag all that out and I drag all that back in when I'm done. Yeah. And I, I get so tired of that. And I was telling John last night, we, 
we're in the same apartment and I drag my stuff stuff over to his apartment, record, drag it back to my apartment to produce it. And I was telling him, I was like, I get this little Zoom H five recorder. Mm-hmm. I sit that down between us, and then I take that little SD card, put it in my computer, and then manipulate it, produce it. And I was like, that's it. Yeah, I finally found it. I've yeah. done because like that was the one thing that was making me hate porch talk was like just having to load the, the, the load in and yeah. load out. Yeah, I could see. I know you're. I, I've seen you do it, and I did. I, you know, I used to do it every week too. There was a time I did the same thing. Every single week, I set everything up and I broke everything down. Every 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 Monday, I broke it down Monday morning. It's so meticulous. Yeah, you got to roll all the cords. It was just it sucked, Mm -hmm. and I just kind of it's just not not something I'm going to keep doing. But I do appreciate our listeners. I appreciate our um, our fans. We've we've really built a huge fan base here. Like the ones here in Columbus. Like shout out to Lauren and like shout out to. I mean, hell, I've hung out with Joe Savage a couple of times. I mean, I believe because of this, and it's like the people, your people, that are coming to this gym and, like, maybe they personally train here. Maybe their kids train here. Mm. Some of the salt-of-the-earth people. Yeah, man. great people. Mm-hmm. The people here at Relentless are great yeah. people. I mean, it, it, it really is – this really is like my family. You know, this is this gym up here is like – these are my people. This is the this is the people, and a lot of them do listen to the podcast. Some, not all of them. Yeah, um, it's not everybody's thing. I mean, personally, I'm not like a like a podcaster, so I don't really. Um, is that Tyler pulling up out there? Kind of looks like it. Might be. Oh, it's I a white car. So. I hope so. That would be good. <laughs> um, <laughs> remix to remix. The, the people here at this gym really are like they're my family. They are yeah. the. They're yeah, the. It feels like that too. I like it. Like yeah. and it's been that way for a long time. It's actually one of the reasons why. Uh, that's why COVID sucks so bad because yeah. you couldn't come up here and hang out with, you know, what we consider fans. So I, I feel the same why my, I came my by profession's here, changing. I came bit. by here on a Friday night. I was just, I think I was going to Taco Bell. Dude, I, don't I, know, I don't know why I'm so obsessed with Taco Bell, but I was going, I was going to Taco Bell and I, I drove by, this is like 930 at night, past the Relentless parking lot. And I saw you and Mo and a couple other cars that I knew and y'all were all just hee-hawing in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I started bust up in there. I was like, dude, that's my family. Yeah, that's really what people pay you know? for here. Yeah. Honestly, like when you start that's thinking about who, what's going on out there, Mo? Just somebody next door? Oh, okay. Uh, that honestly really is like the what people are paying for. People pay to be – because as humans – talk, I've talked about this on here a lot. But as humans, we are tribal. And our society is becoming yeah, less are. and less and less tribal. Just look at, like, think about it like this. All right, when I was a kid, when on Mother's Day, you went to the cemetery, and there might be 150 people there. I mean, it was your whole family that you had not seen since last Decoration Day. Almost like a family reunion. It was. A, it, the biggest family reunion we had was Decoration Day. And then we'd all go to my great aunt's house, and it was this big, like, I knew all my cousins and my aunts and my uncles people i've not seen now in 20 years and what's crazy about that jake is we have gotten so far away from that with family reunions mm-hmm. or things like that we can we can name tv characters off the episode of oh, friends so quicker than easier. we can name yeah. family members i'm gonna be oh, honest man, with you i've got cousins i hadn't seen in <laughs> that years. i have cousins i've seen today and i'm not 100 percent sure what their names are yeah, yeah totally i think we're all guilty of that yeah too. i mean like like i'll see them and we'll speak and you know, like I had, uh, which my family's had a lot of uh, turbulence, shall we say? Uh, we 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 have a, there's a, there's a quite a, there's a quite a lot of toxic um, 
people in my family, and, mm-hmm. and we've over the years had to kind of cull the herd Cold a little bit herd, in terms yeah. of who we associate with. And they also did not want to associate with us, which was the main thing. Less us would not want to associate with them. They just didn't like us. And so as the grandparents have died and things, like really I don't have an extended family anymore. So the gym kind of became that. And people are so hungry for that. People are so hungry for tribe. They're so hungry to be part of something. They're so hungry to have some a, a group of people that it, that's theirs. They'll do anything for it. Why is that, Wes? I, I, you yearn for it. I don't. That's what I was just going to say. I know I do because there I, there'll be sometimes that I come up here and um, if, if I'm injured or something, even if I'm not training, I just want to get up here to hang out with these folks that I connect with. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, hundred percent. And, and it's it's just. Makes you feel a different. I don't know. It's one thing it's I like, told Tyler, like when we were hanging out at his house, I think we were doing a porch talk episode and like just I love going through the man up or Mississippi Superman like comments. Mm-hmm. And like that was the moment that I realized that we had become boys because like I had gotten fighting mad over someone making a disparaging comment. I was like say, Come to, come to Columbus, Mississippi, and say that. Say it, say it to my face. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I'll take one of them drinks. I'll, I'll drink one with y'all. I drink a, drink a, a, a purple. cherry purple, yeah. yeah. But you know, I used, purple to, drink. I used to kind of feel the same way, um, but I didn't until you had mentioned it that those negative comments, good comments, all that still affect the algorithm. Oh, yeah. So you kind yeah, of welcome them now. That's, that's like, why no, I just you, don't you read laugh them. And, right, yeah. You laugh and move on. Yeah, I just yeah. don't even read them. I, yeah. I want them. Oh, I kind of like to read it because it kind of gives us a precedence to. Ooh, let's dig let's more, do more into of this. That. Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Right. What's so stupid though? It, when they the only time that they bother me is um, if there's a lot of them, they can get to me after a while. The reason I don't read them is I just I don't want that kind of negativity just in my day to day life. Mm, I don't yeah. want. That's I, why I brought up the charts. You know? Yeah, yeah, and that's like, why they're charting the way they are. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. Like we're we're in this really interesting position where. We're still not making a lot of money, but we seem like we're starting to make waves. Mm-hmm. We're starting to like, like people come up to me and like, whereas before all of our fans were people we knew beforehand, mm-hmm. but just watched and listened to, to us. Mm-hmm. But now we've built these fans in other parts of the world that love our content, love our show, love Shout our out reels. South Africa, baby. And yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, how, what, what number are we in South Africa? Uh, 98, but yeah, you, we're in you the top stayed, 100. You stay trending. Like I, I check man up. I'm a nerd about that. I check mine and I check man up. And y'all stay like within, like, I've seen y'all as low as like 48 in South Africa. Oh, wow. And then top like, 50. But top 150 all time, you know, just hanging out there. So whatever we're talking about is really, South African team really that, resonating with it. Yeah. I wonder why. It's pretty cool, though. I yeah. Mean, like I think maybe we need to do a man up trip to South Africa. That'd be dope. Like do that'd it. be something. Dude, yeah, that'd be dope. I, honestly, I really we, do. We think need to learn how to surf too, because I heard they got some great waves. Where are we gonna learn how to surf around here? <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to the Gulf Shores and get our uh, get on our popsicle stick. Yeah, like, popsicle stick. Yeah. Get us, uh, honey, I shrunk the kids shrink ray. And yeah, I mean maybe maybe we learn out there on the fly and die on a coral reef. I don't know, Jake. I'm just saying. I have heard they have amazing surf. Yeah. Though. I'm just saying. Yeah, it's really hard to surf on the East Coast for those of y'all that don't know. Oh yeah, um, they say it's because of the what is it? What's it called? The um, El Nino. No, the the. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad you said that. Oh uh, yeah, dude. The the water's not as deep, so like we have the 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 shelf. What's it called? 
Oh my god! I know what you're talking about. It's, I'm just wrong to tip my tongue too. Um. Mm. Anyway, whereas on the West Coast they don't have that, so the waves here are not as big, mm-hmm. and so all the big waves are like Hawaii the and the West islands, Coast. and then on the West Coast. Yeah. Um, but I would love to. I would love to take the show on the road, man. I, I would. Um, cool. Even though, so y'all know, like my my professional career has taken a turn, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, honestly, it's made me in some ways more excited about the gym, but my problem is I'm have trouble focusing on more than one thing. So like a lot of things here aren't getting done. But uh, one of the reasons I did that was because I kind of came to this place where I felt that making the gym and not everybody believes this and everybody, I think everybody has their own idea of like what the ideal size of family is or what, what works, but gyms that are a lot bigger than mine, in my opinion, and what I've seen don't have that feel. And when I've made this gym bigger than it is now in terms of number of members, it's been very, very hard to like keep that com- family, like tighten it um, feeling. Well, that's and, one thing I mm-hmm. think people need to recognize about family. And that's one thing I put a whole lot of respect on you for is as the podcast or the gym grows or as, as things change and develop is that you're willing to you don't have to be the head of the snake. Like you're willing to relinquish responsibilities to people such as Mo, and like you know, like when to press the gas, when to get on the brake, when to step, when to get in, when to get out. Uh, I, I think that's a sign of good leadership. And you I feel like that's something I'm still learning. Actually, you're you're you're, 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 you're beginning to trust people around you enough yeah. to where you don't have to be able to handle everything. To yeah. where you're what you. It has to be me. Yeah. I have to be the face. What I've learned is that um, you can't do anything by yourself that's big. Dude, you ain't everything. You, you just, you're not, you're not the end all be all. And to me, and for me, the mission is more important than myself. Mm-hmm. You just wear yourself down quick. Yeah. And so, yeah, what ends up happening is you end up working 80 hours a week mm-hmm. and you're not getting where you want to get. And you, and so, as the leader, what I believe your job is, you really can't effectively lead more than three to five people. I mean, that's really the number of people you can effectively really truly lead. The people, and then you put people under them. Mm-hmm. And other people can look to you, but in terms of the people you're really leading, and I don't mean like teaching class, I mean like managing, like you're giving them tasks to do. Mm-hmm. I have, I just, I think that it's really important for all of us to understand our role in this life or what what your goals are and then feel that role and then be the best at that role. And so for me, I learned what I am. I'm a visionary, but I'm not a technician. So, and this is going to sound like I'm patting myself on the back in a way, but it's just the facts. I would make a good CEO. I would make a terrible COO or CFO of a company. I, I, I'm not good. I don't do good in day to day operations. In the executive role. I'm not good at. Da- I'm not good at day to day operations. I'm not good at numbers. I'm good at vision. I'm good at. I'm good at. Let's cast a vision that we can all get on board with, and let's lead the people who can help me get to that vision, and let's find other people who connect with this vision. Have somebody else tackle it. Yeah, and then and then find other people that can that can tackle the things that I can't tackle. Because the simple fact of the matter is, there's a lot of things that I suck at. 
you know, I'm not, I'm not a good accountant. So you hire an accountant, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. If, the CFO. Right. <laughs> I'm not a good operations guy. So you hire a, ma- handle, ha- hire a manager, you hire a COO. Yeah. I'm not a good, um, this, or I'm not a good that. That being said though, when something's your baby, it's really hard to let go of. And it's what you're talking about is something that I actually have had a lot of trouble with is it's hard being to let go to of your baby, man. Let, let go of things. Yeah. I mean, Especially things that I, I mean, really like doing. Think about the way that we opened this episode, dude. And I, I'm longing forward on, in myself with Porch Talk for the day. To, and we've done it one time. There is one Porch Talk episode that I wasn't even on. Wow, really? Same, one episode. I produced it. Okay. That's dope. They, they recorded it on my equipment. Mm-hmm. And I produced it. Yeah. And I, I want more of that. But, and, and that is because I have learned to trust, like, Everyone, like Big John, Monk, Cobb, Mark, like the, just same with your guy, your internal right. guys. It's like I trust these guys enough that even if I'm not there, the wheels can still turn without me. Yeah. And I would like to get to the point to where I don't even have to produce it. Like I can totally step, yeah. let Porsche like go. Mm-hmm. Kind of like me a little bit, and where Mo produces it. Let it run, yeah, let it run itself. Yeah. You know? yeah. I think uh, one of the keys to that is your vision has to be big enough that the other people can fit in it. But also, like, it has to be understood enough to where people know the mark. And, what do you mean? And know what you're looking for is, like, yeah. when we create this content, if we don't hit this mark, it will not be produced. It will not go out. That is the only thing I hate about live content. Yeah. If it is lackluster, I cannot tell you how many episodes of Port Salt I've recorded that have not aired because it was not to the quality or standard that I thought was fit for what I do. I, I did a lot of that in the beginning, and I quit doing it. And I'm going to tell you why. I find that consistency is more important than quality. Um, look at McDonald's. And I think that I have sort of owned failure in this industry or in this space because like I know we're going to fail. Mm-hmm. Like I know we're, especially in the beginning, you're going to put out more bad episodes than good ones. We Absolutely. have put out more bad episodes than we've put out Absolutely. good episodes. If I go back and listen to our episodes, I'm going to be honest with you. I have yet to hear an episode that I've liked. Truly. I've never went back and listened to an episode of Man Up Podcast. And I'm like, yes, that was amazing. And that's crazy. Cause like as a podcaster, as a host of a podcast, I walk away from this table happy about the work that was done. And I was like, mm-hmm. we had a great uh, discussion. We we were able to, we were able to play devil's advocate. We were able to bounce ideas. We were, we were able to laugh. We were able to like throw a little shade at each other. I'm proud of that, and that is the way that we kind of create dynamic. We create family. We create like a good place to have. A discourse. Yeah. Well, I've just learned that you know? my standard, uh, I don't think I'm ever going to live up to my standard on anything that I ever do. You're a freak, though, dude. I've just, I've just, <laughs> I guess. You're, you, I mean, you are, like, uh, and I had, to, I had to let go. I used to be a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. When Porch Talk first started, I, I've, dude, three months, I recorded 20 episodes. And the first episode that aired was... If we do not do it, it will never happen. So I started that Same. episode. I started that episode by calling my friend down in Mobile and quoting Shakespeare to be or not to be. 
and that was the first episode. It was like, we're either going to do it tonight or mm-hmm. I'm never going to do it. I've recorded at least 20 episodes. Eventually, and, you just got to put the bullshit out there. You got to go. Yeah. You in my, to in my opinion, it takes at least 100 episodes to start to get good. And that, and that has been my advice. Like, people reach out to me. It's like, I want to start a podcast. And I was like, just cool. Just start it. No. It That's is, my advice. My advice is uh, record 10 or 15 episodes, put them in a can, listen to them. If you're happy with it, put it out. And go. You should, in my opinion, you should never be happy with it. I think I, 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 don't, I never. Really. I don't think. I don't think any creator yeah. or like right. artist at this point. I'd call you an artist with this. It, it is an art form. It's going to develop to be that. It's like you are never going to be at a finished product. You, right. You're mm-hmm. always going to chase something. If, if I were to give somebody a piece of advice, what my piece of advice would be is start putting the trash out right now. I would say just go ahead and start posting. If you're going to do anything, just jump just jump in feet first. Mm-hmm. Just go in, start putting bullshit out there. It's going to suck. You're going to go back and listen to it. Then you're going to get better because you put bullshit out. And it's going to be embarrassing, mm-hmm. and it's going to make you better, and then you're going to get a little bit better, and then you're going to put out 100 episodes. In my opinion, until you've done 100 episodes, you don't know what the fuck you're doing. Or I didn't. Some people are naturals. And I still – how many episodes have we done? Does anybody know? 160. Okay, 156. We're at 156 episodes. I still have no idea what I'm doing. But if I'd have waited for me to know what I was doing, I, I would still not put my first episode Dude, out. I'm right. pushing 500. So you got an idea what you're doing? <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess. <laughs> I would think. Do I? I don't know. And that's the I mean, there there is still insecurities about it. I think right? I'm saying. I think you're always going to be learning forever. Even yeah. If you're doing it for 10 years, you're still going to be learning. You know, you're yeah. always going to find something. Else. Well, either that, or you're going to suck. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're, you're either gonna always be learning. And, or you're look, and look at the balls Lee Carl had. He said he does solo episodes to where he's just talking into a camera. I think that'd be tough. Yeah, God, I did, that, I did I've those. tried it. I've tried it too. It's very tr- tough. God, it's tough. Very tough. It's very difficult. And especially like, imagine just talking into a camera for 30, 45 minutes. If that's what I had on to your do, own without someone to bounce off of, yeah, right? If that's what I had to do, I probably wouldn't do it. Honestly, golly, to yeah. find I, that I, many topics that you're passionate about, to yeah. I was gonna do. I could do on it on a basis live of doing now. it three or four times a week, right? I, I could do it now on a live because we have people commenting, and I could kind of go back and forth. Them. I could do a "Ask Me Anything" type deal. I did some, I did some solo episodes in the beginning, and they were oh my my god, they were terrible. Some were good. I'd get hyped up and I'd do like some motivational bullshit, but. You know, the biggest thing I think I could tell anybody, man, um, and my dad was talking about this. You know, my dad's a real estate investor, and that's the space that I'm moving into. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in the process of trying to trying to work out financing and things to buy him out. By the way, not giving financial advice, but I could not think of a better thing to be doing. Oh, it's brilliant. If, yeah, if, my dad was if brilliant. If you can afford to be there. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think uh, my dad, my dad was, a, was very intelligent for getting into it when he did. And he took a very, very little and turned it into a whole lot in a very short amount of time. I will say that. And he he was a he was a baller, man. My dad my dad really my mom and dad both. It's not just my dad. My mom too. My mom and dad are really honestly, um, I'm a product of them. Like people look at me and they think, Oh man, you're so such so ambitious, you're such a hustler. You'd you're so, be a fool if you didn't own that. Yeah, my, my I'm a product of my parents. My parents were both uh non risk adverse Entrepreneurs, successful hustlers, successful realtor people. Yeah, real estate investors. Yeah, they've yeah. they've uh, vending business. My dad, uh, my dad, when I was a kid, my dad first his first business was a gun store. Went out of business. Then he opened a part store. Damn, he had a gun store. He had a gun I'm, store. I'm glad you said that because like so many people, like with anyone that is succeeding, 
you don't you don't hear or learn about their failure unless you know them personally. Right. Like how many ventures before they finally mm-hmm. hit it? How many bankruptcies? Right. How dad, ma- that's how, actually where I was going. My dad how, went how bankrupt many? on yeah. his next business venture as a part store. You keep you keep going. You don't give up. Yeah. That's the difference, man. Yeah. And then he he went from that he became he went to Auto Clor Salesman of the Year. Then from that he started a vending company. Then from that got into real estate investment. He, he ran both the real estate company and the vending company at the same time. He knew uh, he wasn't going to work for another man though. Yeah. He yeah. knew that about himself. He he just he just had it. My mom was just very supportive, and she she was also non risk adverse. So she is a first time bankruptcy. Was the kids involved? Yeah, I was. I was a baby. Wow, I was two dude. years old. Yeah, I was. My they brother were was like six. Big risk on y'all. Yeah, I was like six, and I was like two. And my brother was like because that's usually what tightens a man down. Yeah. You know, it's like I've got to provide for the family mm-hmm. no matter what, right? Yeah. I think most over time I won't be at home. I'm sorry. Yeah. I was just gonna say I think most people who are successful like that, all of them have had. Yeah, it's failure, dude. It's all about failure. Maybe that's what he was one, saying. Maybe it's three, but yeah. when when he got into real estate, he joined this like uh, mentorship program, and he went to these classes. Uh, from this guy named Russ Whitney, and we're actually talking about. I'm trying to get into a, a mentorship mastermind program now, and he was talking about this woman who had done. It was her like her second or third time going through the program, and she had done these mentorship programs from other people. She spent all this money, and my dad was like, "All right, well, what all have you done?" And she's like, "Well, I just want to make sure that I got everything out of the way, and I know everything before I get started." What? And my dad was like, he had already done these other deals, and he was like, "You can't do that." Like that's not how successful people think. That don't even make sense. Successful people are not, but no, but that's how everybody thinks. Everybody wants to know everything about something before they get into it. Everybody goes into something and they're like, "Well, let me go learn all the all the details. Let me get everything out of the way. Let me learn everything about it, and then I'm going to start this thing." And it doesn't work. Just start it, and you'll figure it out as you go. And that's what he did. What and the fuck did you know about running a gym, Jake Reeves? Nothing. So that's that mentality. I was I was stupid though. I didn't know I didn't know anything. But at about least you're open about it, yeah. and I yeah. think that's one of the greatest stories about you is like just how crazy it was. Yeah, like, it was so look stupid. Look at where we're sitting right now. Right? Yeah, so yeah. stupid. So such a stupid idea. It really was. My dad told me it was a stupid idea too. Like when I was going to do this, he was like, Jake. You're never going to make a – and I'm one of these people, I'm a lot like my dad. When somebody tells kind me I can't do some shit, like, especially my dad, if you tell me I can't do something – It was crazy. It's like he's kind of proven. Yeah, I will I will die to disprove you. I will die. I will starve <laughs> to death if I have to to prove you wrong. And so um, – but, you know, I, and it, for me, it didn't take off until I joined a mastermind, until I joined a mentorship program, and I learned – I mean, I, I was doing okay – but it really wasn't until I joined Combat Business, uh, which is the group that I'm part of, that it really became a viable business to that point. I think the most we had ever done was like ten grand a month. Um, I mean, breaking even, barely paying the bills, had had employees that were super underpaid. I think my, all my employees were like full time, but they were only making like two hundred fifty a week, and which standard with uh, minimum wage ain't it could be worse. Yeah, it could be, but then they were ten ninety nine too. So they weren't actually employees. But they were contracted. Yeah, they were technically contracted. But I want to take it here, dude. Uh, I don't know if you finished your point, but like, how did y'all two come into the picture? He was training the same time. I mean, we started training the same was, time together. I mean, it was within a week. Yeah, we started training almost yeah, the exact same time yeah. together. We've known each other since I started training. Yeah. He was there That's like my first met. night. That's how we met. My favorite, I was like 17. Yeah, my brother and I had um, – we'd always been big fans of mixed martial arts. And um, who was it? Dustin Pumphrey. And mentioned that they were down there training. Me and my brother were like, "Let's go check it out." And um, is your brother still around? He still is here. 
He, um, but I think it was right before Market Street. I think I went the week before Market Street. I, I think you Market came Street right, is yeah. how I found out about it. And they after that. they were they were passing out flyers yeah. for free MMA training at Market Street, and uh, I was like, oh my god, I gotta mm-hmm. I gotta do this. Yep. Like I'd been wanting to train and wanting to get into jiu-jitsu and stuff. And, oh, this uh, goes back to high school days for yeah, you? Yeah, I was in high school. Yeah, this was 2009. Yeah. Oh, you were coming rough and ragged from Texas then, dude. No, well, see, I moved here from Texas. I finished high school here. So I was I was young. Um, finished high school here. What, what year did you finish high school? Like, 01? 01, yeah. yeah. And then I joined the Marine Corps, so I was back out west, and then uh, came back, and then ended up getting married, started a family, and stayed here. Yeah. So you were – he was he – was, how old is your daughter? Fourteen. She'll be okay. fifteen this year. So this, your wife, you quit training the first time when your mm-hmm. wife got pregnant with her, right? No, she was born in two thousand eight. So I okay. I, we, I started training, um, and then they moved from Oliver's to the police police department, right? Police club, yeah. Um, I was kind of off and on, and then I just I just kind of fell off. Just, just okay. hit, hit some um, some rough patches in life, you know. Yeah, and that was it. And then I. It wasn't until I saw Kevin, uh, Kevin Fitzpatrick. Shout out, Kevin Fitzpatrick. Hard, I saw him hardcore um, listeners. Yeah. What's episode? the name of the yeah. uh, Leap Park, yeah. the playground over there? Mm-hmm. And he was telling me he's like, and he was like, man, come back. And I was like, you know what, I will. So I went back. That's when I started again, and ended up taking a fight. Took a fight under you. Yeah, I was losing all that weight because I gotten kind of heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, I got down to weight. I think I was about two hundred. And he was like, you "Think you want to make one seventy? And I was like, "Shit, I'll try it." And I did. You know, honestly. And so, and then I stuck again, stayed there, and then I, I took another break after my son was born. Yeah, that's what it was. Your son. Was and born. then um, had to just look myself in the mirror and say, it, get your it, shit back. It was two thousand eight when uh, when I started when we met though. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was two thousand eight. Yeah, yeah. Are you getting ready to graduate? Yeah, our, our work. Yeah. No, graduate. a lot of it. It was two thousand nine. I was eighteen, but it was two thousand nine. I know it was around that time. It was it was around spring. It was May June two thousand nine. That's so crazy. Market was, Street of all things. Yeah, it was going into. We were handing out flyers. Yeah, it was going into my senior year. It was the it was the summer between my junior and senior years when we met. Is when yeah. I started training. I was uh I was running my backyard fight club, mm-hmm. and we were having we were having yeah, fights, yeah. and I was winning some of those. And I'm not going to go into all the ins and outs we, of we've that. We've done it. Yeah, yeah but but I I. I went up there, and that's where I met him. And we really started getting close when you came back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we started – I remember we it were – It was over at the Kia building. Cause, yeah. um, you were still in college, and you were coming back. I think you were teaching I was once going, a night. I, yeah, I was teaching once a week on Thursday nights. At that time, I kind of got to a place where I didn't have the training partners here that I needed yeah. and the coaching here that I needed to pursue the goals that I had in the sport. And so I was going to school at ICC and, try, and training in Tupelo. I think that's when you decided you wanted to do the gym, though, wasn't it? Because right after that's when we moved to McCrary, wasn't it? Yeah. So, actually, I was still in college when we moved to McCrary. Right, yeah. I was in college. and the um, silver truck, I remember. Yeah, and that silver Ford, yeah. yeah. I was I was in college, and the Kia – it was the Kia dealership, but when we were there, it was called Gymboree or Gymborn. I don't remember mm-hmm. how to say it. It a gymnastics gym. Yeah, it was a gymnastics gym. And they had hired us to come in there – and teach martial arts late at night and kids' classes for the boys while the girls did gymnastics. So if boys wanted to do gymna- do martial arts while the girls did gymnastics classes, the boys could take martial arts at the same time while their sisters did gymnastics. So I, t- I came back and I taught kids' class on Thursdays, and then I taught adult mm-hmm. class striking on Thursdays. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was training in Tupelo, so I was driving back and forth. And that place shut down. And how the gym got started was my parents owned this building – where there was, had been a dry cleaner since the 1950s. It was a absolute shithole. <laughs> and uh, I went to my dad 
And and Kevin did not want to open. Kevin was the head coach at the time, and he did not want to open a business. He didn't want to like open a gym and have a payment. He didn't want to like take like like take that on. He had a family. He had a job, and he was like he was just kind of looking for somewhere to kind of coach coach in the back of like yeah. find another gymnastics place because we had been doing that for a couple of years. We had been going in gymnastics gyms mm-hmm. and coaching in the back of them because we did uh, we were in game time before that and. Uh, I would. I kind of decided that I was like, all right. Well, I mean, if you don't want to do it, I'll do it, mm-hmm. and we'll move into this spot. And I went to my dad, and I was like, hey, look, this guy was paying this much in rent. If will you instead of going up on that rent on the next tenant, if I do all the work, will you rent it to me for the same price you rented it to him for? And he was like, I will. And I paid my rent and went in. I did all the work and fixed it up, and it was a shithole and. You know, but it got us started, mm-hmm. and that was that was it. And that's when me and you really kind of mm-hmm. that's when I, yeah. that was around the time that we really got close. Like we knew each other, and we were close, to, oh, and we were, we got close over here because that at location. The yeah, that's where I took my first fight out of. Was yeah, was out of South yeah. McCrary. Yep. And uh, yeah, that place had potential though. Yeah, and it, I mean, had that little office up front. And y'all took that out. Yeah, and then put the bathroom in the back and all mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I put a bathroom in it. Didn't have a bathroom. Yeah, well, it was a. What were you looking for, Wes, at that time in your life? Like, why was a. Uh, so Why was the MMA gym like so important to you? Man, well, like I say, I, my brother and I were big fans of just martial arts in general. And that was back before the UFC bought WEC. Mm-hmm. And um, I was a huge fan of Brian Stan because he, oh, yeah. he was Marine and he was yeah, fighting. I was like, badass, I was like, dude. I love Brian Stan. And I was a huge fan of him. I was like, man. And so we we just got, we're talking about it. And like I said, we came across Dustin Pumphrey and James. And I was like, let's go, let's go try it out. So we did, had fun. Um, but uh, it never. We never really thought we was just going to do it. And, and plus, coming out of the Marine Corps, I'd had a little bit of, you know, Marine Corps martial arts. So I thought that was going to hold up. And I learned fast that that did not hold up to martial arts. And that's when I was like, damn, I don't know nothing. So that's yeah. kind of intrigued me. Yeah, yeah no kidding, dude. Because I, I didn't know. I it's, thought been a cra- it's been a crazy ride, honestly. You yeah, know, when I, when I really, I really felt like we were close before that. But I, and this is something we were talking about before the podcast, how it kind of, it, you, you're kind of one of those guys that sound, it kind of, sometimes can take a little bit to really get to know you. Yeah. And I remember we were on a, uh, we were on a fight and I think it was Sean or Canyon or Dustin. We were on the coast though. Mm-hmm. And we all stayed in, it was like five of us staying in a hotel room mm-hmm. together. We were all shag, like bunked up in beds together. And dude, you had my ass rolling all night <laughs> long. Funny guy, he dude. was cracking that was jokes. A fun time. And and that's what we were talking about beforehand. It was like it's kind of been hard to get you to kind of come out and yeah. be that same person on the podcast that I know you are. But dude, I remember I was sitting there in the bed and I, I like could not sleep that <laughs> night because you kept making jokes and I was just my my stomach was hurting. I was laughing so hard. He's a gut buster, dude. And I was like, dude, this guy's fucking hilarious so funny that's he's what, so funny I think that was the same time that i knew we was gonna click real good because um i'd never heard about the uh the penis game oh we were yeah at the waffle house and y'all were doing that and i was like this is comedy gold I love this. <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know what i'm about i know elaborate for everyone at home <laughs> i mean he could tell you more but i, I learned it from <laughs> no, him i want to hear it from you Wes. but uh yeah you just basically try to outdo the other person in public to see who can say penis the loudest and you start you start as a whisper with a whisper yeah so i'd say like penis and then jake would refer you get a little louder and before you know it somebody's shouting it somewhere yeah in a public place (laughs) exactly (laughs) and i knew when when y'all doing that i was like this is great this is comedy yeah that was a that was a good one that was a really good time that was that was a really fun trip i uh man i haven't thought about i haven't thought about a lot of that stuff in a long time man i think that was that venue that that was outside of the mm-hmm. casino, the Treasure like, Bay Casino. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Treasure Bay Casino on Biloxi on, on the beach. That's a fun spot. Didn't you get your 
daughter in trouble at school? Yeah, no, not at school. We were at Tupelo High School at a band like thing. They were doing like a band competition, <laughs> and I had my daughter and her friend with me, and we got in trouble with the teachers at Tupelo High School for, for playing, playing the penis game. Really? Yeah. Ooh, nice. Yeah. I'm, I'm a terrible parent. I know. It's okay, guys. Y'all okay. can leave in the comments. I don't care. It's great. Yeah. I love it. I'm a, I'm a bad parent. I'm with it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We went. We 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 go back a long time, man. It's uh. Yeah. What's well, you know what's fascinating is I'd never run into you before I did your podcast. Like I don't I don't think we'd ever had it. And I mean I'm from Lamar County, which I'm from Vernon, and I moved here. But you would run around here a lot. It was crazy that me and you had never really had a. When I got old enough to drive, I was in New Hope, and I was at those parties. Yeah. Well, you know, I was not a popular figure in New Hope. I was a very unpopular figure but in New Hope. Where was time. you holding that fight club? Oh, bro? it was in New Hope. That's what I yeah. don't get. Yeah, that because was because I was I was running with like the prominent people in maybe, from New Hope. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I didn't run with the prominent people. <laughs> prominent people from New Hope hated me. Okay. Like that, the, that was because we were doing the same thing. It yeah. was just on a different leg. I if, guess. If if I had who were you running around when you say prominent people? Give me some names. I don't know if it'd be prominent, but like Dillard's, uh, Kaiser's. Okay, yeah. Some see some of them actually got the idea from us because um, oh, they, they, they came. They came from. They they came to ours a few times. Um, we. Oh, so you was doing the same stuff, the backyard stuff. No, I was not. Like, I was. I mean, you was. You I, I was. Like I this? was there. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. I, I wasn't orchestrating it. Yeah. I was I, there. Uh, cool. And probably one of the reasons we didn't was because if I found out anybody else was doing it, we'd go and like try to fight them and try to shut, shut them down. down. Yeah, <laughs> Should we're, be. we're the only people to do this shit. Why? It was so stupid to do that, but whatever. Um, so people at competition, people dude. in New Hope hated me. The like the like the baseball team and football team and stuff like the like the popular kids at New Hope because I was involved in an altercation, several altercations <laughs> that. I was kind of like, to some kids at New Hope, I was like a celebrity, and they loved me, like the unpopular kids, the like the more trashy kids, the kid, the you know different group. I was a white trash hero too, dude. So I mean, I told you the, about my no teeth having ass. Yeah, right. Uh, but the kids who were popular and were in that clique hated me, which all started with a fight. I got in a fight with a kid and beat this one kid up, and it kind of escalated and turned into another fight, and then that fight kind of led to another fight. I'd also run around, like when I was a kid, people, kids from Lamar County didn't like kids from New Hope, and then I'd moved from Lamar County, and uh, I had kind of carried some of that attitude with me and kind of created my environment a bit. Why New Hope? I never understood that. They were preppy. Lamar County kids, when it came to New Hope in the late 2000s, like the mm-hmm. 2005 to 2010, yep. may have carried on. Ooh, New yeah. Hope. Ooh, Did not get along. Hotty totty asses. Yeah. I'll beat that ass for you. Yeah. Lamar like always had conflict with everybody. Yeah. Big conflict. One thing I will say Caledonia about New Hope was One thing I'll say, yeah, I always had That's that. What, yeah. But I had beef with Caledonia, too. <laughs> I, had, I, had beef with, I had beef with the main cliques of a lot of different... And part of it was just because I was like super loyal to my crazy ass friends who mm-hmm. just got in fights with everybody, and then that person was the enemy to me now too because they're your enemy, so they're mm-hmm. my enemy. And so like I ran around with like Peanut Haynes. I ran around if you if you know I Peanut. I heard that name in a long. Anyway, he been locked up for a long time. Got out for like two weeks here a few years ago, but uh, shout out baby. Yeah, shout out Peanut. <laughs> I was I was running around with like Peanut Haynes and. Then, I was, then when I got older, I was running around with, like, Adam Lucas and, uh, like, those guys. And so I ran around with people that just were always in some shit. And 
Adam got actually kind of helped me out in some situations that I made me feel like I needed to be loyal to him because I had a I had a gang take a tournament terminate on site out on me like a hit out on me. Here it comes again. And everybody doubts it. <laughs> everybody doubts it. Here it comes. <laughs> what What are you talking about? Like my little mm, my little sketchy past. No more. That's what you talking about? Do what? A while ago when he said the mafia's not alive no more, and he's like, I'm oh. here different. Oh, that's what you were talking about in that last episode. You hear different. Yeah. Well, uh, we go. I was involved in a in a in a altercation that led to a shooting where several people were hit, but not for real, like not bad. Like nobody was killed. Nobody was like seriously injured. Um, it was like bird shot mm. out of a shotgun, and so a lot of people got peppered. Damn, a lot of trucks got messed up. You know. Well, everybody assumed it was me because I was the main guy involved in the altercation, but I had nothing to do with it. It was a homeboy of mine. And so I had a lot of people that were very angry at me and were trying to kill, allegedly trying to kill me, <laughs> said they were going to try to kill me. And then and they were affiliated. And so Adam kind of crossed some lines and kind of kind of helped squash it, kind of helped mm -hmm. resolve it. Like, hey, y'all chill. Like, he, he's a kid. Like, we're, he's cool. You know, like, y'all don't. You squash it. So they did. He kind of he kind of put his neck out there for me a little bit. So for several years there, I would if Adam was in a fight, I was in a fight. Yeah. You know, if Adam had beef, I, I had beef. You How know. Was that? So it was just kind of a uh, one of one of my my flaws slash strong like they, like positive traits at the same time as I'm dogmatically loyal. I always took a different approach, and I. Still to this day, I'm so happy that we're still friends. I have no idea why we are. If the shoe were on the other foot, I wonder where I would stand. Uh, me and a buddy of mine, we were, well, actually, uh, two buddies, me and my brother, were going to a party. PA party, Pickens Academy. Oh, man. We're from, crunchy. We're from South Lamar. Crunchy, crunchy. at its finest. Yeah, my crunchy. PA is crunchy. And, like heritage uh, kids. And PA and my heritage. brother at the <laughs> time. Is there a private school? Yeah. yeah it's private. Yeah, Pickens, Pickens Academy. Pickens Academy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so uh, my brother at the time was dating a Pickens Academy girl. I was too. So we were going out to this Pickens Academy party, and I knew that my boy Sid and Eatman. All they ever do was look for problems at parties. And so on the way over to there, I knew who was going to be there. And I was like, if, this is what I told them, if you start it, I will not back you. Although we are boys, because I know how hot-headed you are, if you bring it upon yourself, all of hell's fury will be yours. As the night went on, as the keg dispensed itself, they brought it upon themselves. They brought the fight on to themselves. I let them handle the ass whipping. Now, granted, I ain't got it in me, man. Horrible friend. Yeah, but I also I've but, been there. But also, my brother went missing. Someone scooped my brother up, and I couldn't find my brother. So I spent half that altercation looking for my brother which was more valuable to me at that yeah. time. And also, I've, I've talked to Sid about it and time and time again. Like, I can't believe we're still friends. We are still today. We have talked about that. We have squashed it. I was a bad friend that day. I should have got a couple 
black eyes I, and knots. So me. here's my rule. Here's my rule on that because I've I've been I've had that situation as the people. I, but I did say it on the front end. If, as long as you said on the front end, I think I don't think it's as bad. I will say though, I've been in that situation. I've had friends like that. Me myself, if I can't trust you when we go out, I try not to go out with you. Mm-hmm. I that, might see you there. Should have been what I did then. I, I I might see you there at that party. I might see you there, but I if I ride with you, if we're there together, ride or die situation. It's ride or die. Like it's like mm-hmm. all right, we're gonna find out who was in the wrong when we leave. We'll yeah. talk about that in the car. My boy was totally in the wrong. For sure. Oh yeah, and I, see, I had a cousin that was that way. I had a cousin anytime he left the house. Anytime he left the house, and every time he was we gonna went start out some to shit. party or go to a bar, that was the preface. Mm. It's like. If you get yourself into that shit, you're gonna get your own self out of it. Yeah, see, I ain't gonna, I can't ride with him because the thing is if I have that if I have that with him, he's gonna have that with me. If I'm riding with you, I'm riding with you. If I'm not riding with you, I'm not riding with you. Like if you if you're my boy and we ride together, if some shit goes down and I'm there, I'm riding. It just is what it is. I can't that that has changed over time and that is the way that I am now. Yeah. I'm less that way now actually, because I don't ride with nobody. I'm, I'm pickier because now if I think there's a possibility you're going to start some shit and it's going to be your fault, I try not to go out with That's you. That's my thing now, though, is because, like, I am so picky. If, like, if you or you, like, if our us, we were to go out, if shit goes down, mm, yeah. I buy that problem. Yeah. Back in the day, it was a little more wishy-washy for me. Yeah. Yeah. You just don't, I mean, want, you just don't want stuff to be sketchy like that no more. Right. So you, you know, you See, and I was always – the I thing was, at, was you know? I kind of – I didn't start shit everywhere I went, but I kind of did start shit sometimes. Sometimes I was in the wrong. You were a provocateur. <laughs> and so I, I, I just had a big mouth. I just said shit, and I was kind of trying to make a name for myself, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I was also just always involved in this or that, and I just I would not back down. Like, now I'll back down in a second. If I'm in a situation and somebody's offended, I'm like, all right, bro, cool. I'm sorry. That's fine. All right, my bad, dog. We're good. Like anything I can do to avoid a fight, but I would do nothing to avoid a fight then. So if like something started to get heated, I just hit them. And I needed people around me that had that dogmatic loyalty where if some shit went down, they were ready to go at a moment's notice. So I like, and now I won't go to bars. I won't go to clubs. I won't go anywhere unless I got a gang with me. Like I won't roll up in there with two, with two people, three people. I'm not, I ain't going. I'm not taking two girls with me to the bar or the club. I'm not going to do it. And I'm, I mean, I'm married. There's no reason for me to be there for girls anyway. Like, if I ain't got a gang of headbusters with me, I'm not going. I'm so fucking fired up about that shit. Oh, I can't stand it. <laughs> what? what are you fired up about? Dude, it has happened to me time and time <laughs> fucking again. I feel like chopped fucking liver. Now, granted, like, these girls are way out of my damn ballpark. I have no idea why they're hanging out with me. And I'll take, well, you want to go out for drinks? We'll go out to the bar. That happened just a couple weeks ago here in Columbus. And uh, it's the pregame. It's Market Market Street. It's Cinco de Mayo. We're at her mother's house. We're having tequila, margaritas. Get a little uh, get a little lit. We go out. start at Monson's, which is real easy. Then we go to the Princess. We're shooting darts, playing pool. Out of nowhere. Now, I don't know why I'm chopped liver to this dickhead, but... The girl I'm with might be why he thinks I'm chopped liver. He's like, she can do a whole lot better than him. Are you dating this girl? No, I'm, I'm tonight we're on a date. Okay. And we're playing pool and shooting darts together. Y'all are actively having sex? No, we actively are meeting and trying to figure out. Because y'all ain't fucking. No, I ain't okay, fucking. Okay, see y'all ain't shit yet. Okay. 
No, nah, but it, <laughs> but it gets on my nerves. Like this is the kind of thing I'd crack a damn pool stick over a motherfucker's head. Mm-hmm. You see us playing darts or playing pool together, and you actively walk up and be like, "Hey, girl, dude, I'm standing right here. I'm whoever we're playing the game." What the fuck are you doing? He's testing your waters. That yeah. shit don't bother yeah. me at all. Oh, and for the first time in my life, I played it right. Worked out really good in my favor. How'd you play it? I, I used to let it get to my head, and yeah. then I was like, you know what, player? Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Because, like, the moment, especially that early in the relationship, she wants you to get upset. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the moment you do, you lose. Mm-hmm. Learn that one. You quick. are the moment she sees you get upset, especially that early. You're low value. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what does a high value man do in that situation? Moves on. Whatever. Look, bitch. Look. If you can, if you exactly what if I you did. can hit it, get it. Played it so mm-hmm. right. That's boys. that's the rule. Played until, it so right until you put a ring on it. If you can hit it, get it. If you can hit it, get it. Because listen, I go to the bar with you. You came with me. We're together. Even let's say we're dating. And yeah. you came with me. Mm-hmm. If another dude can take you from me in front of me, he did me a favor. Yeah. Ooh, that's a way up. That's a hell of a take. If I can go out that's with real, you though. and you can take her from me, you did me a favor. Mm. Fuck that bitch. That what was she gonna do when you ain't there? Right. Yeah. Point. Point. Okay. And if she left with him, she's gonna leave you for a him later either way. Mm-hmm. You ain't you ain't her cup of tea. So what does a player do? A player in that situation has an abundance mindset when it comes to women. Right. A player, do you know there's an abundance and scarcity dude, mindset? We were playing darts, and right when that dude started coming up and spitting game, and like she was having it, my ass went back to the bar, ordered mm-hmm. two beers. I got one for him and one for me, and I sat down there to him. I was like, "What's up, dude?" Oh uh, yeah, played that shit. Got dude. it. Yeah. Fuck it, like fuck like, it, because it doesn't when, matter. It's just another piece. Right. Cause, like, dude, I, it's just another I, I girl. Had, I had no idea who this chick was three hours ago. First, oh, yeah. first and time I really who cares? Yeah, really like we hit it really off. We cares? hit it off at this pregame party, and now we're going out after Market Street. Mm-hmm. You think I got any stock in this at all? You're not even right. from here. Look, I, that's another thing. All right, like I was explaining this to one of my homeboys. If you have a girl and you bring her back to your house and she blows one of your friends, don't good. Do you want to be in a serious relationship or date a girl who would go with a man to a party and then blow one of his friends? If you found out your wife did that before y'all were together, you'd be like fucking gross. Yeah. Like yeah. what? Fuck it. What? I don't want to be with that chick. So when I'm when you're out with a girl in the beginning, all you're doing is data collection. Yeah, you're. Is this the type of woman that I want to invest my emotions into? Mm-hmm. Is this the type of woman I want to invest my feelings into? When dudes get fucked up is when they don't show you that shit till down the road. And that's what happens to beta males a lot of time. Mm. A beta male because the, you don't initiate feminist. those you don't initiate those reactions in her. But another dude might. Mm-hmm. So, you need to see how she acts around, you know, which I mean Something's going to happen no matter what. But you need to see how she acts around an alpha, how she acts around a very high-value man. Does she view you as that high-value man? Because even if she doesn't, doesn't mean you're not. There's a lot of women that would not view me as a high-value man. There's a lot of women. I'm not their cup of tea. They don't think I'm cute. They don't like my humor. They don't like me. I'm not their shit. I'm not an alpha to them. Don't matter, though. But if you got a girl and you're dating her 
and she has all the you think she's you think that she's a good Christian or she's got this moral conduct or whatever. It's just because she doesn't like you. She doesn't put out on the first date because she's not attracted to you. Right. Girls make rules for betas and break rules for alphas. That's a fact. The guys that she's really that she's really into. Let's forget the beta and alpha thing. The guy girls for guys that she's really into, she breaks rules for. The guys that she's not, she makes rules for. So a lot of times we get in our head, we've got this good Christian wholesome woman who, and that's what. Let's be honest. That's what we're looking for for the most part. We don't want a girl that's been ran through. You want the right. traditional we're, we're not, wife, right? Yeah. We're not trying to marry the girl that got the train ran on her in the bathroom. All right. If well, I, I yeah, if you, you find out, you that, do not want that, right? And if you marry that girl, you probably gonna want a divorce after you find out she was that girl. For sure. Yeah, no doubt. Like we don't want to, we don't want to be with a girl that got the train ran on her in the bathroom all the time. Like that's just not the that's not the girl we're looking for. I'm not looking for the girl with the OnlyFans account. I'm just not. It's not my thing. I'm not hating on you if that's your thing. I'm not hating on you if you have an OnlyFans account. But if I'm single and you're single and you got OnlyFans, you're not my type, mm-hmm. right? But when you start going out with a girl, it's the data moment, collection. The moment a person. Our dude finds that out. Why would I want something that everyone else has seen or had? Well, maybe because it's real, just that nice. I mean, it's just not my thing. Well, I mean, it's I, not my I, thing. I guess there's something I'm to also it. I mean, you, about, you hear about the, the the woman who has been married five or six times, be like, there must be something to that. Yeah, yeah, something going on. Yeah, I don't, I don't <laughs> know. It must be pretty or, good. Or she has really bad taste in men. And but I don't want there's her a, either. There's a lot of angles to it, right? right? There's there's a lot of angles here. But the fact of the matter is. A lot of men get sucked in because, and this is something that we all kind of, I think in the back of our head struggle with. Once you know this, you'll struggle with it with your significant other. Like, damn, was I just that guy? If like she seemed like she was very traditional and didn't have sex on the first date, whatever. Mm. But she might have been doing that with everybody else, just not you. And Mm. she might have just had that epiphany that she needs a nice guy. And you might be that nice guy. But Mm. let me tell you something. When she gets back around that ex, when she gets back around that dude who isn't safe, that she's actually attracted to, she's going to cheat. Do you not think there is? Not every woman. Do you not think that that there is an ounce of fidelity in every relationship? What do you mean? There has to be some fidelity in some regard, especially with the way of the Internet and social media today. That there is always oh, okay. there is always some fidelity, uh, uh, like infidelity. Yes. Okay. So I mean, if you're if you consider watching porn or getting attention on social media, infidelity. Um, I think that's a that's a that's a lead is attention on social media uh, with a lot of marriages or even maybe just relationships, and then is uh, maybe it's. And I don't want to speak just for females. It could it could work the other way with males if they were. The way it works with males, it's not looks; it's money. When a male, not hundred percent. When a male like really starts like strutting his stuff, I think a lot of times it's money. Typically, typically men, men with options are the top one percent of men. So most men, ninety nine percent of men, fuck what they can. Women fuck who they want. That's just the way. That's the way of the world. Well, who's? I mean, who holds the keys? Two sex, Jake, and and well, until mm-hmm. until you get to that one, top one percent, the top one percent of men, and that's when you get to the Donald Trump line. That's like it, once you when, get famous, you can grab him by the pussy. Yeah, right. And he's actually as he's one hundred percent, one hundred percent correct. Yeah, it's just a fact. You can't argue with Chris that. Hemsworth could go go up to. I'll be honest with you, Chris Hemsworth could go up to ninety nine percent of the men's wives that are listening right now and grab him by the pussy, and they would not say shit. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying there's the one percent. I'd love to think that my wife would be in that one percent. I think my wife might be in that one percent. I don't know. If, I mean, I don't think any of us know for a fact. But the thing about it is, 
there's so few of those men out there. There's so few. Most men today are little castrated bitches. They are uh, whipped by society. Most men today are have been feminized to the point of being unattractive. Most men today are low value with no skill. Most men are peaking in their 20s, which is fucking insane. As a man, you should be peaking in your 50s and 60s. You, you should be focused on your fitness. You should be focused on your money. But what a lot of guys get wrong, you should be focused on your game. Mm -hmm. You should be getting better at communicating with the opposite sex. You should be getting better at communicating in business. You should be, you should be constantly striving to improve and you should be peaking much later in life. You should be, you should be the most valuable version of yourself later in life, not in your twenties. But most dudes start drinking beer. They get a job they hate. They sacrifice themselves for their family. They don't work out. They don't, they don't improve. They go to work every day. They slave away. And then they wonder why they're, when they're 40, mm -hmm. why their wife doesn't want to fuck them anymore. And then she leaves them for another guy who does get her off. And you're sitting around and you're wondering like, oh shit, what the fuck happened? Yeah. What happened? You're a little bitch is what happened. And you got to own that. And you got to yeah. be like, I'm going to quit being a little bitch. And you got to go make some money. You got to go stay, start taking care of yourself. This idea that masculinity is some, somehow linked to a lack of self-care. Oh, well, I'm a man, so I don't keep my fingernails clean. I'm a man, so I don't yeah. bathe. I'm a man, so I don't care about hairstyles and clothing. That's so asinine and so stupid. As a man, you should present yourself in a fashion that the opposite sex should find attractive. Mm -hmm. Heard it said today, dude, and it struck at me, but I find it to be true, is... Uh a uh, dear friend of mine has a kid who is 20 years old, had long hair, and he come home from Mother's Day, got his hair cut, and his father took a picture. And his father said, he finally got a haircut. He's become a man. And then, like... I think, I think the... I, think the idea, I, grew, I, I don't I, actually think that long hair or short hair makes you a man or not. I think that self-accountability... Is what makes yeah, you a man. But or that's not. A, that's a part of it. I think that's what he was alluding to. Yeah, I think I think that you come to a certain point in your life where you're like, oh, you know what? I think the earlier you can have this as a man, the more valuable it is. When you have that temporary moment of panic, where you're how like, serious? Oh shit! People, how serious would people take us if we dressed up in a suit and tie and did this? How different would that change the chemistry if we all showed up and we were like suit and tie? I think if it matched the brand, I don't think it has <clears> to be <throat> suit and tie. I think that it. I think that you have to be on purpose. <clears throat> I think your brand needs to be on purpose. I think yeah. you need to look a certain way. I think you but, need but to. You see what I'm saying? Like yeah. Lex Fridman, he, he wears a suit and tie on. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Lex yeah, I know what you're yeah, talking about. Yeah. And I, but I don't think that, I don't think that mat, that meat matches everybody. I don't think that everybody has to do that. But what I do think is you have to take some self-accountability for where you are in life. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that's massively lacking in our society. Again, this is easy coming from a guy who was made by entrepreneurial parents, parents who kind of instilled this in me. So it's easy for me to say this, but a lot of what's wrong with society is men who have been told and taught that this is the way things are. This is just your lot in life. Mm -hmm. Brother, we live in America, dog. We are in America. You can do anything. You can you just go fail. Just go fail. In a matter of hours. Just yeah. be ballsy and go fail. Just go try some shit. Yeah. Just hear the, pull the trigger, just hear the gun go off, man. Women respect that. But you want me to tell you what like women that. don't respect? What women don't respect is a man, and this is something that a lot of men are not going to like. This will be a short. Women do not respect men who constantly sacrifice for them. 
that is a that is a non-respected quality in a man. That is a very non-alpha quality. A man who works a job he hates to get a paycheck to provide for the family, that's not, women do not respect that. There's a very good possibility your wife will not want to have sex with you if you go and work a job you hate every day to pay the bills. She doesn't like that. That's beta. That's omega. That's that's lower lo, lower than beta. Okay? Women respect men who put themselves first. That be ligma because you be ligma balls. <laughs> <laughs> women, women respect men who understand this very key concept as an alpha and this is something that i 100 percent believe and and live by the whole tribe eats more when the alpha eats first and when you understand that concept it'll change your whole life because when i eat first i'm stronger i'm quicker i can i'm at 100 percent when i eat first when i make sure that i'm taken care of i can do more i can make better decisions i can move quicker i can make better business moves i can i can do the things i need to do if i'm constantly sacrificing myself for the business i'm constantly sacrificing myself for the job when i get off work and i go home and i stare at a tv screen and i drink beer all night and i get fat Mm -hmm. you're not putting yourself first you're not doing anything for yourself. You're working a job to pay bills, and that's all you're doing. And women don't respect that. That's not a respectful quality in a man. And if you're a single guy and you're doing that, what the fuck are you doing? What are you doing? Talking to me, baby. Let's go. Well, bro, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> you know? I mean, let's be let's get real with it for a minute. Like, honestly. What life do you want? I'm trying to work myself out of that. That's dude. it. But, but that's all you can do. So and, as long as you're working yourself out of it. that's not going to happen, though. Well, it's not. With that, that attitude, it might that's, not. That's why I have so many like alternatives that I'm trying to work. Like I've got the music. I've got the podcast. Like, but you got more than one iron in the fire. Though, I've, right? got, yeah. I've got a lot of irons in the fire. And I'm telling you, dude, it, it's tough. And especially it's like. It's tough for everybody. When, yeah. Once you encroach yourself, like fair lot or whatever else you want to say like i am very thankful for the job that i have now i make a substantial amount of money and for the job that i perform on top of like with the music the podcast and other things and i'm I'm very happy about those but i cannot wait for the day to where i step away from that and i just pursue but look homie look homie what i'm doing how do you 32. You're the same age as me, but you don't have a wife. You don't have kids, right? Right. No wife and kids. Divorce. I'm saying it for you. Divorce. There's no, this is your time. You could meet a woman tomorrow, and guess what the first, if you have a woman and then you have a child, what things are going to have to get cut? This. This. Your passions. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is your time. This is the most important time of your life mm-hmm. because right now you have the opportunity to pursue things with nothing holding you back. You can starve. You don't need money. That's you what, could live in your car and be okay. That's what we're doing now, buddy. I mean, that's what I'm saying. And I'm not saying quit your job. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is, bro, now's the time to go all in because the only reason why I've been, been able to be as the, the little bit of success that I found the reason I was able to do it was I took the risk in my late in my early twenties mm-hmm. before I got married. Mm-hmm. It, it, a lot of guys, you see these guys, man, and they have these dreams, and they get out of high school, they get out of college, and they go get a job, and they start making money. No, they're and they working at a woman. Starbucks, dude. Well, let's talk about the ones that aren't though. 
Let's talk about the guys that do What are they job. doing? I don't, I don't, Let's where, say they're where, working where in a are they? I don't see them. They're working a company. They're working at a factory. They're working doing what you're doing or doing what you're doing or whatever. They get out of high school. They get out of college. They, they get to the real world. They meet a woman. They have a baby. And the next thing you know, all the goals and dreams that they had, man, they're in their mid-30s. They've got a mortgage. They've got two car payments. They've, I'd like to say this, though, because I see so many people, and like we're almost getting to a point to where like, I would like to hear what Wes or you – say about this is we are getting to a point to where people are having quarter life crisis. I had one. Quarter life. Yeah, I had one. We're not calling them midlife crisis anymore. We're calling them quarter life crisis. You're realizing that you're realizing that you're not living your potential. You're yeah. Realizing that you're not living your purpose. Yeah, and, and I think like that I think that is the advent of social media. It's like you're seeing all these that? people who yeah. are banging. Like clean laundry. Where's that coming from? I, don't know, I, do I think it's coming from that nightclub over there, pushing out those sweet jabs, baby. I want to go over there. <laughs> you and shake my ass. Are you drunk? <laughs> Stack of chips, bro. Over there, yeah. Oh my god, did you drink all these on this uh, on these? <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, this has been a good episode. We'll see y'all on the next episode of the Man Up Podcast. Hi. For real, it is past time. We are going to wrap it up right there. But what Sorry. I what I do want to leave y'all with is. Think about where you want to be in life and think about where, like, your ability to pivot as you get older. If you're a young man and you're listening to this and you're watching this and you want something for your life or what, like, take the shot now. Mm -hmm. Even if you do have kids, just take the shot. If you got something you want to do, just take the shot. You know, you never know until you try. So, anyway, thank you guys for for being on this episode of the Man Up Podcast. We'll run that outro right here. Make sure to go follow us on YouTube. Instagram, Facebook at the Mississippi Superman, also on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a review for the Man Up Podcast. We'll see y'all in the next episode. Peace. And also shout out Mills Home Center. Deuce deuces.